How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer for the Weekend Variety Show, Saturday, March the 13th. We made it to the weekend. I hope you're having an extraordinary day. Uh, folks, today I want to talk about an interesting topic. I want to talk about review scores. So part of the reason why I make the Gaming Observer is because I want gaming to be fun and approachable and positive and less toxic. And I think kind of all of those things can be marred or involved in some way when it comes to review scores and how games are reviewed. And the reason why I started thinking about this was because on the TGO After Show, I was talking about a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that was released by Platinum Games. And while I was looking it up basically live, I noted, oh yeah, this game got like fives and fours for review scores out of 10. That's basically a death wish for a game. And so, of course, that got me thinking about review scores as a whole and how I made an instant judgment about this game based on a 5 out of 10. And I think that's really where the problem is with many of these issues that crop up around reviews is the review score, the number that we put on it. Because a number is really nice for like an at-a-glance figure out how a game was received, but it's pretty much terrible for everything else. It is impossible to know anything about a game based on its score, other than, you know, how reviewers generally received it. And that simple fact has caused some problems. People will skip entire reviews just to see what, you know, the, the game got as a score. Another issue that crops up is that, you know, the, the meme is that IGN just gives everything an 8 out of 10, a 7 out of 10, and it doesn't make room for variety. Now, part of the reason is because I think most reviewers use this scale of 10 as a logarithmic scale, so the difference between 1 and 2 out of 10 is not the same as the difference between 8 and 9 out of 10. It's also partly because the types of games that IGN would be reviewing are all generally going to be better games. AAA games have so much money put into them, more often than not, it is going to be a good game. And as somebody who reads a lot of reviews in order to, you know, aggregate them and tell you about them on this show, there's a few solutions, I think, here that work out quite nicely. One of them is removing the review score altogether. That seems like the easiest solution. You know, places like Kotaku and Polygon, they don't even use a score at all. They just make you read whatever it is they had to say about it. I think that's a fine solution. Uh, there's also uh, things like Eurogamer, where instead of giving it a number, they give it like a badge, I guess you could call it. So there's three different types of games that they'll label, or they just won't give it a label at all. So if it's a game that they recommend, then they just say, hey, this is a recommended game. Or they might call it an essential game, the best of the best, something you have to play. And then there's an avoid. Don't touch this game. It's not good. There's flaws. And then if it's not any one of those three things, then they just, like I said, they just write the review. That seems like a really good system as well. It gives you the idea of what Eurogamer is trying to tell you about the game without getting fixated on a number. Another thing I like is when reviewers will do something creative or fun or, or something a little outside of the box. Like, I remember a review for Sea of Thieves or some other type of pirate game, and they wrote the entire review as a sea shanty. You know, that gives you, like, an enticing reason to read it while still getting the critique. And there's also reviews that aren't necessarily fully reviews, either. Not every single review needs to say, I think they did this good and this bad. We can talk about games in a broader context. How does it fit into our culture or into the industry? What is unique about this game that stands it out from the rest? You know, finding a story about a given title can be a lot more helpful for somebody who's buying a game. Anyway, all of this is to, to kind of give you the message of like, don't just rely on the scores, right? 
If you're looking to buy a game and you don't want to be disappointed with your purchase, you need to put in the legwork. Read multiple reviews and read the actual text. Probably better than anything, watch some footage, watch some Let's Plays, or, you know, no commentary playthroughs, just to see what it looks like. Don't pre-order games is a really good thing to kind of live by, and lower your expectations and hype of many games. And I think my favorite thing to do is to find somebody that you trust as well, somebody who you know their tastes, you know what they like and they don't like, they're well-spoken, and they've done you right in the past, you know? The more you can find people like that, the better off you're going to be when you're buying a game. Anyway, folks, that's all the time that I have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in here. Thank you for listening to me talk about this. It's something I'm very interested in. And hey, if you have any thoughts on anything I mentioned here today, please do reach out. Let me know what you think. Uh, I try to respond to every message that I get, though I'm not always the best at that, but I try my best. And uh, hey, if I'm not back tomorrow, I will definitely be back on Monday with the news. So until next time, happy gaming, everyone. Hey, hey, it's the TGO After Show. Uh, I do want to reiterate, if you have any thoughts on on today's show, I'd love to hear it because it's definitely something that's more nuanced than what I can really fit into five minutes. And so what I try to do with these weekend shows is just be like, you know, send send forward a positive message, try and try and improve the gaming community, I guess, in, in some small way, help where I can. I do think that review scores tend to be a bad idea. Uh, okay, I shouldn't say a bad idea, just like it creates problems, even though it's not inherently a bad thing and you know i love review scores don't get me like in my own personal life i will rate games you know and just in my own little notebook and i'm never going to share those just because again it creates more problems than not but i get a lot of fun comparing two games against each other did i enjoy this one more than the other should this be an 8.25 versus an 8.5 i get a huge kick out of that but as a community and as a purchasing guide There's better ways, I think. It did get me thinking about, you know, the Gaming Observer one day is going to be able to do reviews. I could probably do them now, but I just don't have the time to play the games that would get sent to me. But one of these days, reviews are going to go up on the YouTube channel. And it's something I've thought about a lot. I probably would never do the reviews myself unless it was really in my niche of like roguelikes and deck builders and stuff like that. Metroidvanias, maybe. Because I don't find myself to be a very eloquent reviewer in the few times that I've tried it on this show before. I think I'm able to get the job done, you know? Like, I'm obviously a, a good enough speaker to just speak about things. But I hear so many other other reviews and how they critique games based on certain metrics and, you know, how they get certain valuable insights out of things that I would just never get. You know, I feel like a caveman when I listen to other reviewers because when you compare it to mine, it's just me going, mm, graphics good, gameplay fun. So that's why if you ever hear, like, an opinion piece on the show about a new game, I tend to reach out to, like, Katosep, because he's really good at that kind of thing. Anyway, as I think about the future of The Observer as a business and producing content and stuff like that, one of the things I'd definitely be interested in doing is hiring people to review games. Freelancers, right? Because I think my reviews, or The Observer's reviews, I should say, I don't want them to just be like every other review. I always, always am looking for the unique slant of the game that makes it interesting to an audience, you know? And maybe that sounds like a very rudimentary thing, and and I'm not trying to say that other people aren't also doing that. It just feels like a lot of games' criticism right now is quite rudimentary, compared especially to many other mediums out there. Like, if you think about, like, uh, film critics, you know, it has a very... 
I mean, there are negative stereotypes associated with that as well, right? There's elitism and whatever. But it's always about film as the art form, film as this beautiful thing to analyze from 50 different angles. I don't know. I, I could be talking out of my butt here, but that's just my impression of most games reviews. And then I'll find a review that just does something a little different. Polygon does it a lot. There's a lot of YouTubers that'll do fun stuff. And I want to be able to do that. And I want to be able to hire people who do really good stuff like that. Anyway, that's for future Adrian to worry about. Current Adrian just needs to finish school. My friends, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Back maybe tomorrow, but definitely Monday. Until then, farewell.